When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome to the featured podcast here on the Sooner Sports Podcast, Jessica Cootie. Kind of different this week. I like this because we had the bye week, so you didn't have a feature, but we never really got a chance to go in-depth on your Kyler Murray features. So now it's not only giving me a chance to see the feature, but kind of wonder, what do we miss out? Oh, what you the- didn't watch the feature? Thanks. I, I did see the feature. I'm just kidding. Uh, did I not say that right? No, I saw your. I watched it. Okay, um, but no. What? Well, usually, I guess maybe I pull the curtain back. Sometimes we tape these, and I haven't got to watch the feature. So you I see. see. Okay, okay. So, right, that I'm makes not just sense. Saying I'm winging it, but sometimes it's almost as as no. The, this is we my do precursor. this, and the feature hasn't come out exactly. come out a lot of times. So I see. Myself on that. I see. Um, okay. But no, in all seriousness, this is a cool one because it's also a guy that I've really enjoyed watching, not just on the field. Uh, not just on the diamond, but watching him mature and progress as a person, and that's Kyler Murray. First of all, how fun was this? Well, you know, OU Texas Week is a little bit crazy, right? You know, like the Red River Showdown. There's kind of um, kind of a lot going into that week. So yeah, that was. Uh, I I didn't know exactly um, with that feature. It was just kind of a hectic week, so that's why we didn't get to do it that week. But I think it ended up working out because. You know, it gave me some time to really dig through these sound bites and kind of think about some of the things that got left out of the the feature. And so, um, and then I think just again another week under the belt. Why? Yes, he had the two turnovers and put a lot on his shoulders. Um, he still had a great game and still had you know that sixty-seven yard run that 
that pulled him within one. He's still electric. And so I think just kind of looking back again, um, going back on his story and, and kind of diving in a little bit deeper, um, it was fun. And, you know, he is a guy that maybe we hadn't gotten to know a little as much and, and it has been about all been about Baker, but um, you know, and he's a quiet guy. He's not as outspoken. He's not as, um, I guess, active on social media and all of that. But you know, he, he is, he does things differently, but it is, it's cool. It's been cool to see how he goes about managing this team and how he stepped into that role. All right. Um, first of all, how much, when you went back and you had a chance, how much did you end up having to leave out? In other words, was there a lot more you had to leave out that you wanted to get in? Yeah, there was. Um, you know, I probably did a, I don't know, probably 12-minute interview with Kyler. And, again, you're talking about getting it down to less than four, Oof. you know. And so. And that's not just him. Yeah. That's the whole feature, right? Well, I mean, I because when Baker came in, it was like a quick, like, he had so many obligations and so many things he was doing. He was speaking to recruits, and he was, um, you know, doing so many different things that um, I only had a certain amount of time with Baker. So I actually only got to ask him one question, which you're going to hear him talk about Kyler. But he went on and on and on for, like, two minutes on Kyler. And so, you know, there was so much kind of you had to unfold within that one soundbite that it ended up being used in like three different points that I made in my feature because it is <laughs> it in and it's it'll make more sense when we get there but um yeah so I got a chance to talk to him about it but I just had one question on him but the what he talked about is so so telling I guess for me um so then yeah with Kyler not very often do you get to do like a sit down one-on-one where you have all this kind of information so yeah I had to get that cut down and um it was a little bit difficult so I took the approach on the feature more of like kind of Kyler filling the the Baker's shoes how how are you going to replace a Heisman Trophy winner that was the big question right what is Mm -hmm. Oklahoma going to do without Baker Mayfield he's carried the team for three years what's going to happen next and how is Kyler going to be able to do that so I kind of took it more of you know Baker leaving and Kyler being the next guy and it's not just you know, it's happened several times here. You look, you know, how many times have they had to replace a quarterback that did big things that, you know, you, um, you know, it's just a big storyline. So I took that approach with the feature. So here you're going to get to hear a little bit more of the other things that didn't necessarily make the feature. All right. Well, let's get after it, shall we? Uh, let's talk a little bit about how Lincoln Riley and Kyler Murray first kind of hit it off, if you will. Yeah, so um, I guess for me, I never realized how um, that they knew each other and had a relationship before um, Kyler decided to come here. Uh, but, you know, talking with Kyler, he was pretty dead set on AM out of high school, right? I mean, there was not much into the recruiting process with Kyler. Um, that's where he was going to go. But obviously things didn't work out for him there. So, um you know, it was really quick how it happened, but he had the relationship built with Lincoln um, before when Lincoln was, I guess, maybe at East Carolina. And I think what that's kind of what, for me, you keep hearing people talk about their relationship with Lincoln Riley even before Lincoln Riley was here. You know, you hear Baker had talked with Lincoln when he was maybe thinking about transferring from Texas Tech. And you keep hearing about how important that was for these players and how that stuck with them the relationship that they had built with Lincoln even if it was just a little bit of time even if it was that Lincoln was at a school they never really were 
going to consider at the time. The way that that stuck with these guys, I think, is very telling to what we're seeing now. Like, it it didn't just start when he was at Oklahoma. This is a guy that's been an excellent recruiter and an excellent relationship, building those kind of relationships with guys long before Oklahoma. And Kyler Murray is one of those examples. I think the, you know, the situation yep. at hand kind of fit best. Uh, you know, me and Coach Riley had, you know, he came and visited me in high school, and I think we hit it off a little bit. Um, you know, it was kind of late in the process, but you know, you you know, you know, you know when you kind of feel good about a coach when they come and visit you. And then, you know, when I was transferring, obviously Bake was supposed to have one year, and then you know it'd be it, the job would be open, but things worked out a little differently, and here we are. So, so if anyone's, well, I'm pretty sure everyone that's listened is listening to this has watched Kyler Murray play. You realize one thing, he's really fast. So just a little. Just a little bit. Which and so it makes sense that quarterback wasn't always his position, was it? Yeah. I mean, I always love, and I think I've told you this before, asking guys about how they got into football, what position they played initially, how they got into the position they played now. And it's always an interesting story for me. I I enjoy hearing that. And it's very rare do you hear that they played the position they started. So you talk about Baker Mayfield. He wanted to be the wide receiver. He was Mark Clayton, you know, when he was <laughs> growing right. up. He's Mark Clayton when he was playing football. Um, he didn't become a quarterback till later. Uh, he was a running back, too. Um, you know, but when we did the Curtis Bolton feature, that was what was funny is, like, he was always a defensive guy. He was always a guy that wanted to get to the quarterback. Kyler was one of those guys that he didn't always play quarterback, but he was an athlete, and that was evident from the very beginning. And it, I thought it was a different kind of a cool kind of story about how he ended up being quarterback and then why he ended up staying quarterback. Was there any other option but for you to be quarterback? Good question. Um, actually, I mean, I played running back. Every every kid plays running back, I feel like, you know, when, at their first uh, flag football events or whatever like that. So. I played flag football or running back up until um, I was about nine years old, and then after that it was it was quarterback the rest of the way. Why did you? I mean, I mean, obviously your dad was yeah. a big time quarterback, but why did you make that transition? I think I think it was you know <laughs> I think he kind of put that on me a little bit, but I mean I, I definitely didn't want to play anything else. So how come? What was it about being quarterback? I think just the you know the, the ownership, you know having the ball every play, um, you know putting it all on your shoulders. Uh, the leadership that it takes. Uh, I just think, you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason. I think that was just something that, you know, just kind yep. of fell in place. One of the coolest things about Kyler Murray for me has been watching his demeanor from, you know, a couple seasons on the baseball diamond to what he's become this year. Obviously, as a starting quarterback in football, he is, he's a, a really, he leads in a different way. So when I say he's a really solid leader, some people don't see the dinosaur walk and they don't see the rah-rah like, like Bake was, yeah. which was great. You know, got everyone fired up. He's very cerebral. He's very quiet. But yet he goes about it in a way that you know he's getting his point across. So it's been really cool to watch, to watch him grow as a leader. And in that, there's never really anything that bothers him too much. He's a very calm guy. You and him ended up being kind of going in depth on that, didn't you? Well, so – I got to go back a little bit. So I think I, I will be 100% honest when I say I was one of those people that was worried about how a team would respond after having a guy like Baker Mayfield for really essentially four years. We've been working on the history DVD. We've done a lot of um, interviews with people. And one of the things that um, I took away, one of the bigger things that I took away was from Trevor Knight. When Trevor Knight was the starting quarterback 
And Baker Mayfield comes in, and Trevor talked about how it was just you knew something special was going to happen with Baker because of the way the guys rallied around him, even when he was, like, on the scout team. Even before he was ever going to be remotely considered to maybe one day be the starting quarterback, the way guys bought in, the way guys followed him, you knew that there was something special about him. And a big part of that, and I will still remember to this day, you know, talking to Eric Stryker about it, talking to some of those guys about it, the way that he was that raw, raw guy, the way that he did get hyped, the way that he did get in there and do the dance battles, and the way that he was, you know, talked trash to the defense. <laughs> and so, you know, the way that the team bought into that. And so I, I wondered, you know, how, because I knew kind of covering Kyler with baseball, I knew that he was different than that. So how was a team going to respond to that? But he does have different leadership qualities. And so that's one thing that you've heard over and over again from the guys that were on this team. Dimitri Flowers said it. He's a leader. He is a guy that guys want to follow. And so you kind of get caught up in, oh, how are they going to, how is he going to lead when it's not at all like Baker? But guys have different leadership styles, and that's okay. And that's important for Kyler to do it how he does it, to maintain being Kyler Murray and not trying to be anybody that he's not. And I think that's been one of the more important things for Kyler to do is to, to stay within himself. And then so he talks about, that and and how he maintains being mellow and that's been important to his success but then you've also seen him kind of step into um you know being the vocal guy on the, on the sidelines when he needs to be um but so yeah he he the first question I asked was do you ever get nervous which is a kind of a funny response to him and then it goes into how baseball has played into all of that and him being able to handle the big moments on a football field. Uh, honestly, the only – I don't like public speaking um, as far as, you know, school and stuff like that. Uh, but nervous, I, I would say no. I don't, I don't think I've – I think I've played too much, you know, played too many big, you know, big games for me to be nervous as far as, you know, football or baseball. Like, that's what I've learned over the years, you know, if you just trust your abilities and, you know, you trust God, then, you know, I'd probably end up in the, you know, the best situation possible. Being that you've had had the big moments in both sports, how critical has that been for you that the moment doesn't get too big for you? Uh, baseball helps me out a lot, you know, as far as, you know, the mental side goes, because you just, you know, baseball is a game of failure. Um, you fail a lot, you know, you learn to kind of, kind of hone in the anger and, um, you know, kind of just push to the side because, you know, you got you to keep going. In any sport, you got to keep going. You know, you're going to fail. So I've learned that a lot in baseball. And then, you know, bringing that to the football side of things, um, I think it helps out a lot. You know, one thing I never thought of until you and I were putting this together was how hard last year ended up being for him. Because, again, if you think about it, he comes here, the thought is that Baker Mayfield was done and then Kyler Murray would have been the starting quarterback last year. Baker gets that extra year of eligibility after Kyler's retro transfer season. So, boom, he's in that backup role. But as, as challenging as that was, Jess, it's a good thing for him now, looking back? Yeah, I mean, that was the one of the main reasons. I mean, you go back to that first soundbite, you know, when we were talking about his relationship with Lincoln, his relationship with Lincoln Riley, and that Baker Mayfield only had one more year left of eligibility. So that was going to be the year that Kyler was going to redshirt, and then he was going to have the opportunity to be the starter. Um, then as we all know how the, the fight that happened with, you know, the legislation and, and that was such a big story and it ended up being working out perfectly for everybody. But at the time, Kyler was, I, I think safe to say, and I think he'd admit it disappointed because, you know, he was 
wanting his opportunity. He's a competitor. I mean, I, I think it's been well documented how successful he's been in his entire life in high school, arguably one of the best players to ever play high school, Texas high school football, which is saying a lot. And then, you know, what he's done on the baseball diamond, what he's done here as a baseball player. It's just he's a competitor and he wants to be out there. He wants his op- he wants his opportunity. But then he's a big believer and everything happens for a reason. And so for him, you know, yes, at the time it was hard. And he admits it. He's like, I'm a competitor. It was not fun sitting out there wanting to be that guy, having to wait my turn, having to stay engaged, knowing that there was still an opportunity at any moment I had to be out there. But it was tough for him as a competitor. But now looking back and seeing how everything's kind of played out this season – it all worked out how it was sp- supposed to work out, and hence his his saying, his favorite saying, everything happens for a reason. I think all this has, you know, prepared me for this moment. Um, obviously not, you know, sitting out an extra year um, is something, you know, I wasn't ready for, but, uh, you know, with that happening, I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. I think that made me even more prepared for this moment. Um, watching Big for the past two to three years, um, it, it's helped me out a lot. You know, he's obviously a great leader on and off the field, and then, on the field, I mean, well, obviously one of the best of the past, you know, college football um, has has to offer. So, um, just learning behind him and you know getting more familiar with Coach Riley is, is just done wonders for me. I guess the common question, and you and I dealt with it a lot on our radio show we get to do together, was, boy, well, I mean, he's got five million dollars. He's yeah. he's got a guaranteed. He just why, why does he need to come back and play football? Why would he want to do that? And uh, you were able to get to the core of that answer, weren't you? It's easy for all of us to say, right? right? Yeah, I mean, like, I got five million dollars. Yeah, but you know, this is something that he loves, and I think that's it's hard for people to understand because, especially probably, and Baker's going to answer it here in a minute, but like, most people are not good at like this at two sports. Most people don't have the luxury or the talent or the God-given ability to be able to do this. It's it's you're really good at one sport or you're really good at one thing, but how nice of it, it has it been for Kyler to have the option to play too. And yes, baseball is probably his future, and he loves baseball, but he really loves football. He loves football. It's He has a passion for playing football. And he didn't get an opportunity to finish football the way that he wanted to. I think he, you know, for him – and I don't. I mean, he he didn't say this, but you know, you think about maybe how you wake up maybe ten years down the road, and man, what 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 could have happened? And it is different. It's a different sport with baseball. It's more individual. You know, he talked about which I didn't include on this podcast, but he talked about getting to do it with your guys, with your guys around you. It's not necessarily as much about that when you get to baseball. It's a different feel. It's a different. You're not always, especially when you have to work your way through the minors, you're not running out in front of nearly 90,000 people on Saturdays. People aren't roaring and and screaming. It's just a different type of feel. And I think for him, he would have been incomplete if he wouldn't have given himself a 100% chance to give this a go at it and to finish it how he wanted to. And so it was just a matter of he always knew that this was something that he was going to finish it how he and his mind wanted to finish it the right way and give himself the best opportunity to close the chapter if this is the closing of the chapter, how he wanted to close the chapter. For me, um, I feel I've earned this, you know, this opportunity. Um, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, why are you playing football? Oh, you got millions of dollars, all this stuff. 
But for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's I've been playing this game since I was four years old. You know, it's, uh, to me, it's unfinished business because, I, I mean, I left A&M with kind of a bad taste in my mouth about, you know, not having fun. You know, I was kind of in a bad place as far as football goes. And then coming here, um, you know, with a great situation, um, Coach Riley, Bate, uh, you know, this, 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 this organization, this program, um, the fans, everything kind of just worked out perfectly for me. So coming back is, is, you know, something I always wanted to do and finish this season off right. So, Jess, finally, I mean, what does Baker think of all of this? He was in those rooms with Kyler for two years leading up to this. He was back on campus, what, a couple weeks ago, I think, what, for the Army game? Yes, um, yep. You had a chance to talk with him. Is he pretty fired up for what Kyler's doing? If you'll recall, after the Rose Bowl, Baker sent out a tweet. You know, he's been the one that's been adamant more than anybody. You know, it was we've said it. I talked about it earlier. The biggest storyline was how are they going to replace him? How are they going to fill his void? How are they going to fill his shoes? Baker's been the one that's been more adamant than anybody that this team is going to be fine <laughs> because he knew what he saw in Kyler Murray. He sent out a tweet after the Rose Bowl. Kyler Murray's the best athlete in the country. But, you know, I think what people forget about, too, and – Baker's going to go into this a little bit more, but they kind of have a little bit of a similar story, whereas maybe Baker wasn't as highly recruited out of high school. He went to Texas Tech, didn't have a great, you know, he started, but he was not, it was up and down. And then a lot of people doubted Kyler when he came oh, here, you know, like, oh, what's he going to do here? He struggled he, at a &M. He didn't play well at a and yep. you know, he didn't win the job there or whatever, you know, he didn't have it, it wasn't just an outstanding year. But I think that's what where Baker saw that none of us got to see is the behind the scenes. And so that's where I love hearing Baker's take on what was going on behind the scenes that made him believe that Kyler was going to be just fine following in his footsteps. The thing people don't realize is um, they look at when Kyler first got here, they look at what happened his freshman year at A&M and they're saying, oh, he just had an OK year. You look at the year I had at Texas Tech my freshman year is almost the same thing. Just up and down, a lot of freshman mistakes, learning, but the biggest jump you can make is that year when you transfer and sit out. And so the things that I saw out of Kyler was, he's obviously a tremendous athlete. If you don't see that, then you're blind. He's, he's an unbelievable athlete. He can throw the ball with the best of them, but he, he has the, you know, the explosiveness to create plays unlike anybody else. And so I saw that initially, and that's very obvious, but the progress of him sitting in meetings with us and paying attention to the game plans and wanting to get better every day, that's the exciting stuff you see behind the scenes that I knew exactly what type of guy and player we were gonna have after I was gone or if I got hurt, anything happened, I knew we were in good hands. There was no, never a doubt in my mind. And so I said it right at the Rose Bowl, he's the best athlete in the country. And that's not taking anything away from him being a great quarterback. He's specifically the best athlete in the country. Nobody can do all the things that he does and as well as he does. And so I've known that for a long time and I'm happy for him because playing quarterback at OU is a huge deal. I took a lot of pride in it and uh, he's carrying on the tradition. And so I'm excited to see everything that's going to continue to happen for him. Uh, obviously, whatever happens down the road, he has the option to play both football and baseball. And that, that was a dream of mine, so I'm a little jealous of that. So that was the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. And... Kyler Murray's in the talks and absolutely um, has been. And a lot of people have said it's going to be maybe more difficult for him to win it because maybe the back-to-back -back 
um, factor there is maybe Baker, um, you know, you you got to play even at, a, at an even higher level because a guy from the same school just won it. So let me ask you, you were a Heisman voter for – Still a Heisman voter. Still am, yeah. But all of those years, um, does that play a factor into it? I think for it? some it does. I really do. I think for some they'll say, I can't vote for that guy. He won it last year. I think what I've discovered – boy, we could really go on a rant here. How yeah. long have we gone? I think what I've discovered in a – in talking to a lot of different voters is that they make their mind up after about week six and they've got their number one guy and that's their guy. And it's going to take an injury or something massive uh, to completely and totally ignore their guy. And I think a lot of people have decided that to a via, I think we've added a new pronunciation to it yeah. this week has been their guy, but I'm here to tell you, you, that's not how this process should work. Mm-hmm. And I think you're starting to see there's a lot of there's a lot of voters. There are a lot of voters. And I think you're starting to see we're just in Oklahoma. We've had a lot of turnover, you know, to where I mean, if I, John Hoover is the guy who runs the Heisman Trust for Oklahoma and he's very adamant in a keeping your vote to yourself, but be voting. Had a problem with people not voting when they had a Heisman mm. vote. So it kind of shows you how antiquated kind of the mindset was. So I think you're starting to see that shift. But I guarantee you, if your challenge is to A, make sure people vote, and and B, make sure they don't change their or, or, or they don't get so set in their ways that they won't be willing to change their mind after week four or five, then yeah, I'm I'm willing to bet just about every dollar in my bank account, which isn't much and I don't gamble, but that there's people that would absolutely uh say, No, no, Oklahoma won it last year, we gotta get it for someone from somewhere else. And I hate that. Yeah. So it should be a year it should be which you and all, I've always appreciated you. You've been very appreciative. You've taken the responsibility of having a Heisman vote very seriously. You've um, seen it as an honor. That's right. And it even is. if you've worked for OU, you've still been very unbiased with your voting. You've done your due diligence with all of your voting that you've done even since you've been here. You did vote for Baker Mayfield Three last years year. years in a row. But <laughs> still, so, but you also can see things that maybe, you know, a lot of people in the voters, because Baker was a Heisman finalist. He didn't go to New York, but even the three years, he's been a, he's basically been a finalist three years. He didn't yeah. go to New York the one year, yeah, but he was year. fourth place, right? He should have been. So, um, I, I guess you've, uh, like I said, you've always been unbiased. Is Kyler Murray, would he be on your vote? Your ballot at somewhere. I don't want to give it away, but would he be on your voting your ballot right now? How can he not be? Mm-hmm. The only game that Kyler Murray didn't put up jaw dropping numbers was the game whenever the OU offense only had six possessions. Right. My uh, Kale Gundy was on with us on the coach's corner this week, and he called him a video game cheat code. And I know that I know that Kale plays a lot of video games. I say that tongue in cheek, by the <laughs> way. But he's he's right. I mean, the dudes the dudes just he he's the most ridiculous athlete I've seen. And Jess, this is what year eight for you? So we've been six. Work, six. Okay, this is year eight on the sidelines for me. And I mean, I've been down here in Norman with you for four of the six years. I mean, I love Baker to death. I love Joe Mixon. I love Samaje, and I love Didi. I don't know if I've ever seen an athlete like this. Yeah, and then another another argument that you get into with some of those voters that you hear is that oh well the defense is, you know, in the Big Twelve. But I feel like I don't think you can use that anymore. Okay, so what what does Kyler Murray need to do then from here on out? You know, win a Big Twelve title, obviously take the team. What what do you feel like he is going to need to do to convince people that it's okay to give Oklahoma the Heisman in back to back years? I just think people need to pay more attention to what he's doing. Period. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yeah. I think that it's it's a mindset of okay, even though all of these, which by the way, it's so funny to me because 
the Heisman Trust says do not reveal your vote. If you reveal your vote or you reveal who you're thinking of voting for, you'll lose your vote. But yet we have a lot of voters who are doing like the ESPN Heisman bowl ballots right. and different things like that. If you don't just get set in your ways to where you say, wow, um, this is the guy that's wowed me through four weeks. He's my guy. I think if the, the more continue with 300-yard passing games, continue with the highlight real-type plays. I mean, that play against Texas, I mean, come on. I thought – I mean, that happened right in front of me, and I thought a guy had an angle on him. I was ready to catch him, Jess. I thought he was <laughs> I thought he was going to run out of bounds to me, and I was like, all right, brace yourself. you got to catch Kyler Murray. So no one – and he just ran right by everybody. Right, I mean – So to me, yeah, I, is it hard for me sometimes to fight the bias? Of course, man. We, we get to talk to these guys like no one else does. But I think that he just needs to continue to shining like he is. And I'll tell you what, Teddy said it as we wrapped up Coach's Corner. I think – you know, a, a, a bye week uh, after a loss, and maybe we're getting too deep here on team stuff, but a bye week after a loss is hard because you just focus on the negatives. But the positives are still how good this offense is. Right. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's and, unreal. And you think about it, too, and we can wrap up, but another thing about Kyler is that he, you heard Baker Mayfield say it, he's the best athlete in the country, hands down. It doesn't matter what position. And he said that's not taking away from his arm as a quarterback. He's a great quarterback, but he's just such an electric athlete. You just cannot argue with that. So, but he has only had really, I mean, and even with the Texas game, it was 11 a.m. You got to think that maybe here coming up, he'll have some opportunities to maybe play in some primetime games, maybe yep. play in some games that are going to have a lot of uh, people watching. I feel like Baker legitimately won himself, solidified himself as a Heisman Trophy winner in the Big 12 championship game. While people were saying it was his, I think he solidified a lot of votes in that. So you get yourself to a Big 12 championship game. I think he's going to have an opportunity to Make people pay attention. Yeah, and it's funny you mention that because your vote, your ballots are due that Monday after the mm -hmm. championship weekend. So if you can make a big splash there, maybe you could change some opinions. But man, you got me all fired up. I know. I, we got We got. I got to calm down now. I'm all excited. Well, it's time now. It's. It is. I, it's weeks. <laughs> it's week seven. We're on the downhill slide. We're halfway through the season. It's. I feel like now Kyler's done enough to legitimately can talk about the Heisman race and while people want to make it a two horse race and count him out I just don't no. see how you can so I, I and this is the feature this week yep. the, this was a featured podcast so I wanted to kind of get into it heck yeah man all right Soonersports.tv. you can find Jess's feature on Kyler from we're kind of working backwards here from the OU Texas week but this has been great to go more in depth and I hope if you're a Heisman voter and you're listening to this to learn more about Kyler Hopefully Murray, didn't just turn us off after Baker I, right, I right. might have <laughs> no but I think it's great hey uh this week's is really cool did I say that right this week's feature is really cool because we get an opportunity to hear from a guy that hasn't had a chance to play much yet this year. Still, still, you know, it's it's hard to come back from an injury like he has, and there's a mental block that's there. But a cool story on Nick Basquin. Uh, we'll touch on it a little bit in next week's edition, but how excited were you to put this together? And I told you this on the radio. I love you telling the story from a kid's perspective, too, which you get to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's so cool. I think it's important to continue to show that they're doing much more. These football players are doing much more than – playing football on Saturdays in pursuit of trying to get to a national title in the college football playoff. I mean, they're people and they do good things off the field and they um, reach out and their inspirations and they're, you know, it's just, there's so much more to them. And um, I think to see a pure joy and just love of not just a, a 
football player, but also this team, this Riley Hart that's in the feature this week. I think it's a good reminder to remember why you love the sport and why you love watching this team. It's, you know, at its purest form, you know, it's, it's not so much about getting caught up in all of the hoopla. It's why it's a, just a reminder of why you enjoy, enjoy Oklahoma football. Awesome. We'll see you next week. Jess, have a safe trip to Fort Worth and enjoy the birthday weekend. Yes. <laughs> Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. 